0: Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds Podcast. I'm Matt Bork. So this is our first live intro. I normally do an intro for the podcast and it's always been audio. So this is my first video intro. So welcome to the Meat Street, a.k.a. The Liberties. Uh, this is where the podcast all started off in 2018, January. Frankie Gaffney was my first uh, me guest. Uh, these chairs table in the middle and i stuck down a zoom h1 and just record it now i've got a laptop mics my scaldi table i bring this table everywhere with me actually and i wanted to show it to you because no matter where i go i'll always bring it just in case they don't have a table to do the interview in a room that maybe be quiet or in a decent location or whatever whatever i bring it with me uh, it used to be a chair and then i got reincarnated into a table so lad in the job, Liam French and uh, Done the business and we chopped off the back Polished it down for me So i just put it there I've also a table over there that I use as well For here But because I bring this everywhere I just wanted to show it That's me dog on the couch She's here for most of the interviews on, on, Unusual that I leave her in here Because she's usually baiting around the place But she's actually calm today So I left her there That's her name, Dottie When I bought her in England, It used to be Dottie But obviously my pronunciation of Doty is now of Doty is now uh, So yeah, look. So this is the this is the the video. Just the start of our video podcast. And uh, my guest last week was packy Collins. So I done a review of it. What an absolute legend! What an amazing experience! What a brilliant, brilliant club! I can't say enough about him the 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 lads that train up there the environment the whole lot I just absolutely loved it I listened back to it a load of times and I loved it it was absolutely fantastic and if anybody interested in boxing I would recommend going to that club whether it be for fitness professional amateur check those dudes out up in uh, the Celtic Warrior gym absolutely unbelievable uh, on the podcast today is Dr. Susan Jemison so Susan is a doctor in Hong Kong she's also called the light doctor so she uh, she's intuitive integrative practitioner she's trained as a your normal western conventional uh health practitioner as a doctor and then she's integrated now this into her her practice and her lifestyle and her job and everything about it so as i say she was in she's in hong kong and i got the opportunity to interview her i follow her on twitter she's also friends with a doctor in ireland that i really really like Dr. Neville Wilson. He's a very uh, forward-thinking, multidimensional approach to medicine. And I've always found him really open-minded. And I'd actually love to get him on the podcast as well. So that's something that we'll do uh, further on down the road. But the interview with Susan, I absolutely nearly fucked it up. Because there's an eight-hour time difference between here and hong kong and she said eight o'clock and i said is that your local time and she was like yeah i think it's greenwich mean time but fucking whatever way it worked out i thought she meant eight here eight was eight eight there she had worked out the difference but i got it wrong and she was like you're late she texted me you're late where are you and i was like oh for fuck's sake and had to drop everything i was doing uh to get on the interview so uh, probably at the start it's probably a little bit higgly piggly. But well, we we slowly get into it. But the the information she she gave back and the education was brilliant around the work that she does, and you know it really opens my eyes up to the different types of medicine. It's something that I'm really interested in myself. So hopefully you guys can can get that over, uh, and can add some of the stuff that she talks about. Uh, she's a really cool egg, and you can follow her on Twitter as well. So yeah, that's that's a a, a really interesting interview. As always, I'll ask you to. Send us in your reviews or your, your comments or anything, any kind of feedback is brilliant for the podcast. So yeah, like have a listen. And uh, As always, I'll ask you to mind your little self, take care of you and you'll be able to take care of the world. And a big shout out to our sponsors, OSA Nutrition and Rooney Graphics. Hopefully you enjoy the show and hopefully you enjoy the, the video podcast. And that's the way we're going to be going forward. We'll always have the audio, but we're also when we can with interviews or with people that would be okay for doing it. We will will do the video, so we're trying to change our our, uh, our medium and to attract more listeners, whether that be through the visual or through the audio. So yeah, enjoy the uh, Dr. Susan Jamieson interview, and have a great day. Take care. Bye bye. Uh, okay, so we'll start. Welcome to the Magic Minds Podcast. I'm Matt Bork on the show today of Dr. Susan Jamieson, uh, intuitive integrative medical practitioner and author of Mystical or Medical to Mystical. Is that correct
1: with your book? It's all mystical and medical. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't bought it yet. I only found out that you wrote it uh, yesterday or the well, day before. You're good timing.
1: Really- it's, it's sold out and it's in for review. So, right now, the PDF will be available, the original, but I'm updating it. Actually, I wrote it 10 years ago. So, my works, you know, it's advanced a lot since then.
0: Yeah, I came across you through a. Uh, uh, we're, we're friends on Twitter with a similar doctor. Dr. Wilson.
1: Oh right. What, okay. He,
0: he's a he's a beautiful man, and I love the way he practiced. Uh, and then that's when I picked up on your Twitter page, and I started looking at some of the stuff. And it's kind of relevant around now because of the kind of interest I have. You know, the whole uh, spiritual uh, movement and energy healing and positivity and energy. I just really attracted now to energy, and that's you just came came into my radar. So I'm absolutely delighted about that. They
1: call me the Light Doctor. Because the light
0: after i love it
1: tea and light and they say yeah. i have a lot of light too people seem to think that yeah
0: deadly deadly come here can you give us a little background to to your history please of
1: course. You um, love talking about myself no problem there well i'm training as a regular medical doctor actually mainly in scotland although i had a brief time in harvard in my 20s which really really changed me you know that the transatlantic experience with thinking about things was quite different and then i moved and very young uh, i moved to the east so i've been working in the east and and i think because of that i picked up a lot of let's call them eastern habits um so basically my practice now involves eastern and western philosophies and concepts of healing um so i'm not just the physical body the emotional and then there's the, the non-ordinary reality, the non-physical reality.
0: Wow, fantastic. What is uh, energy, medical practitioner? What is that?
1: Well, look, doctors use it. Doctors don't like talking about that word, but they use it all the time. Um, I mean, because I'm into light. They call me the light doctor, right? So I'll start with light, you know, because light is the basic energy. E equals MC squared and everything. Um, so Einstein was fascinated by light and I love to tell people that he had three um, photos on his wall. He had Maxwell, Faraday and Henry the you know one the Scotsman and then the Englishman and American who discovered electromagnetic energy and induct inductance. So electromagnetic energy is what we generally think of uh, as energy isn't it with electricity being mm. the really easy to understand one. But what I like is, um, and nowadays we've got Wi-Fi, of course, and um, and I like the thought of that because it's um, it's subtle, you can't see it, and yet we're all totally uh, immersed in it and leaving it, don't we? A
0: hundred percent, you know, and it, it, it that's a brilliant uh, concept because <laughs> you would think energy healing, light healing, people go, oh, that's an, it's a bit too fluffy, and no, I don't <laughs> know if that works. But yeah, Wi-Fi works for that. So oh, and a, that was fine aim. with
1: that one, yes.
0: Yeah, 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 I'm all right with that.
1: Yeah, but, but doctors are really funny because, you know, we've got all these MRIs and CAT scans and PET scans that we use, of course, um, basic. And it's all um, energy, isn't it? We're using yeah. it all the time. So we're using all these forms of energy and diagnostics. We're always using light in healing. From the 1950s, they started uh, blue light on jaundiced babies that saved their lives, right? They used yeah. to die like flies, these rhesus babies. So we're using light, you know, in psoriasis and skin disease and tissue healing, uh, we actually use it a lot, but we tend to call it something a bit more fancy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So how do you, how do you implement uh, light therapy? What is, what is the process?
1: Okay. So to be clear, I don't really do any of that. Um, I mean, obviously apart from the odd diagnostic test, um, I am a regular medical doctor, but I've become a bit more subspecialized in treating problems that other doctors can't—a lot of anxiety, depression, a lot of things—and and, and I do do normal testings as well, but, and also functional medicine testings. But my real skill is mind-body medicine. So when I say integrative doctor, I don't really mean a bit of exercise and diet. I mean um, integrating the whole mind and body. So, so yeah. that's what I do in the office and, and dare I say that they're in a transpersonal way, you know, that the, the spirit or the light or the, let's call it non-physical reality.
0: Yeah, I understand. How do, how do we get, I know you're in the, the far East. How do we get buy-in to Western, to Western culture? And I absolutely love it. And I love the whole mind, body and soul and spirituality. I don't think we are just a physical matter. How do we get? the western world the boy into this
1: well um I, you know uh, there's a, a 10 years it's been a huge change like even in hong kong 20 years ago my patients were saying but acupuncture isn't real is it you know mm. whatever you know how ridiculous of course it's real uh, and now everyone accepts it so i think every decade there's a bit of a a, a, a sort of change in people's acceptance of new ideas Uh, There's something called the Sommelweiss effect, and this is really just interesting, according to what we're just saying. This is our innate resistance to a new idea that contradicts the established paradigm and our belief system. Because this poor bloke, in the 19th century, before Pasteur had invented the concept of bacteriums and things that might kill them, he was in a maternity ward in Vienna, I think about 1870. And um, 3% of women would, 3 to 10% would die in childbirth. And he, he started this crazy idea, as it seemed, of doctors washing their hands in a sort of chlorinated lime wash. Mm. And miraculous, because you know what they do? They come straight from the autopsy to delivering a baby. Because I suppose if you're a student, it's handy to poke around in a dead body first so you can remember what you're doing on the live one. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's another internet, I suppose. And... Yeah. Um, this didn't know any better. So of course, and it's a bit like, you know, you can't see bacterium, therefore they don't exist. And therefore, so so he had these amazing results that he, he, you know, he cut the death rate. Well, the poor bloke, he was hounded out of his job. People hated him, even though he had serious scientific evidence. It's like, no one really got it, was interested, um, lost a job, started drinking a lot, was admitted to an asylum and they died pretty quickly. Not good story um, <laughs> of, of lack of acceptance in something like, you know, the world is not flat, okay? Uh, but, but, but there's always been this in the world. People don't want to accept things that are new, but it happens slowly, and Wi-Fi is a great example. That's totally accepted because, um, you know why? Because everyone's using it so quickly, right? Imagine if everyone was suddenly doing energy healing, that would be accepted too.
0: Yeah how do how do we break the culture the western culture of the pill popping you know medicine to fix it you know how do we move away from that culture and, and embrace the whole uh, mm-hmm. spirituality ta- non tangible treatments
1: right well it was the doctors and therapists, okay. I mean, and the general public is one thing. I think professionals and, and therapists are another. My talks are called, uh, in the domain of nonverbal communication, isn't it? Because I talk about the arts and science of intuition. So it really is nonverbal. And you can say to anyone, you go home and you're late, right? And your wife's got her back to you, but you can feel the anger radiating. You can feel it. So we all feel things that are non-physical, non-tangible. The piece at the top of a mountain, I would oh, say so you can cut the energy with a knife at that meeting. So we have feelings of the non-physical. And the same in the consultation room. The moment someone walks in the door, doctors know they're depressed or they're angry. We just we just know. We have really serious intuition about things. Yeah. So this is how we start. This is how I start with, because um, it is non-physical reality, isn't it? Um well it is and it isn't. I mean, I, I would say it was light, so actually that is physical, so anyway, you know what I mean. Um yeah. non-tangible reality.
0: <laughs> for for yeah, for people that they, they, they want the tangible, they want the medicine, they want the you know, yeah. the prescription. But it's well, just this
1: people, I mean, how can you blame people whether I was just saying the other day, they're um, I, I don't know if you agree with this, they're exhausted, they maybe commute four hours a day. Get home at 8 o'clock. That's the only time they have with the children. Do they have time to cook? Of course not. They go and buy some prepackaged food, and yet we're always giving them a hard time about not eating proper food and exercising. So I think a lot of social factors come into this. Uh, And the first they just want help. They just want quick help.
0: Oh, I believe anything in health, you have to have say maybe five, six, seven ducks in a row. You know, it's never one uh, thing that's isolated. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were asking me, should they go off and get their their hormones checked? You know, testosterone. It was a man, and I was like, How was your exercise? How was your diet? How is your environment? Your 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 stress levels? How was your sleep? How was your your hydration? But he was checking something on the internet that said, "Come get your testosterone checked," and he thought it was. And I said, that's not the common denominator here. I said it's a cumulative effect. Would you agree with that?
1: Of course. Isn't testosterone do with exercise? I believe as well. And affected by hypertension or obesity. Um, and stress. Stress is a big one, right? For the hormones, uh, all the hormones. Um, I I, me- I deal with a lot of menopausal women and it's interesting. Stress really brings on those hot flashes. It just does. That's it. Because, um, Oh, because it's hijack. What's it called? Cortisol hijack. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's isn't that right? The um, it, it, all our hormones get shunted into producing stress hormones such as cortisol. Therefore, there's not much to make estrogens and uh, and the sex hormones.
0: Mm, yeah, it it can be a, a cascade then effect. You know, with your high levels yeah. of cortisol, it leads on to all sorts of anti anti inflammatory uh, response. What's some what's some of, what's some of the, the difficulties that you have experienced to try have this approach of integrative intuitive uh, medical practice? What's some of the, the challenges well, you face?
1: Well first of all, it's something that I do rather than talk about with my clients. Um and, and, and ah, gotcha. I think the challenges are with my fellow professionals, um, you know, That's, who who always will admit that intuition is a is is a Thing, but it's almost like even saying that which is actually just an obvious fact of life frankly isn't it you know businessmen talk about gut feelings and uh, this sort of thing um on i find they don't want to be quoted or say it because it's almost like um, that's too much out of the box for them which is sad because this is something that could be taught right we're we're taught to observe other non we are taught all this other stuff about patients so why not um learn how to become more intuitive. Two things, get to a quicker di- diagnosis more quickly, right? So you, you do your tests. Of course, we do our tests. We're not doing guesswork here. But you do the, the right test first, right? And then you save the health service fortune.
0: Oh, so, absolutely. So,
1: right, so it's very cost-effective and actually very sensible to teach doctors um, how to do this. And you could have a little mini computer going and all your, your drop-down menus in your brain as well. That's the way we're taught to think, right? But um, intuition maybe just brings you to the most likely thing.
0: (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. But I'm sure that wouldn't be endorsed or appreciated by the World Health Organization. You know, there's no, uh, I think a lot of doctors in the Western, especially in Ireland, and uh, Dr. Neville Wilson that I go and see, uh, he's so open-minded. But doctors, other doctors that that I've went to see in the past, are governed by the world health organization, you know, whether that be the the food pyramid or whatever. So this wouldn't be on the radar, uh, intuitive, integrated medicine.
1: um, Well, you could, you could do call it nonverbal communication actually. And, um, I mean, I, I, I like to explain the science of it. I was doing a lot of that today, actually just uh, writing it all down because it's a bit in the realms of neuroscience, which you know much more about than me, but a bit in the realms of quantum physics um and a little bit everywhere the science and that helps you know people like something a bit tangible that they know about that they can anchor in the body right
0: yeah yeah absolutely you absolutely know. can you can you give us a little insight to some of the you know i know you say it's the nonverbal. can you give us some insight into success that you have had with people that you've, uh,
1: you've implemented
0: because i uh, love the patient experience i i do gosh. really appreciate research nice and and, you know, pardon?
1: But I, I, mean, I can give the experience, but I suppose it's also interesting what I think, how it happened, if you know what I mean. Mechanics yeah. were... So I would propose that we are all connected in a web of energy. We're all entangled in it. And rather like fish and water, we don't know what it's like to be in this web. Like right now we're all on Wi-Fi, but we don't... It's like it could be doing anything to us. We don't know. Maybe it's connected as like... Strings, right? We don't know that, do we? (laughs) But we're in it, so so we've never been out of this um, this web of light. I do believe we are all interconnected. Mm -hmm. I think we all. Well, I know it's a scientific fact that we all radiate waves of light. Now, radiating light, it, it it interferes, right? It's like two pebbles dropped in a pond. So there's an interference pattern of those waves. But back to the story, right? I've got two two good ones that i always quote so i will i'll tell you the the first one is um more something no the first one's diagnostic okay cambodian we had the killing fields in asia about 40 years ago the khmer rouge killed you know i don't know try not to remember the numbers a lot of people in the killing fields of cambodia and yeah. a little bit like communist China, the intelligentsia, like doctors were picked upon. So this patient anyway, that's the background, because this patient just turns up. She's 47, Asian, saying, you know, I've had this abdominal pain problem since I, all my life. And seeing every specialist, every doctor that had all these tests, endoscopies, colonoscopies, they really can't help. Very sad. And... Um, when I'm with a patient, I do the what I call the gathering of information stage. That means acting like a normal person, smiling, and using my sensory antennae to feel. Just like that example of you meet someone for the first time. You know you can trust them or you can't trust them, right? You just have an immediate feeling. So I extend my antennae through this, we'll just call it, you know, talking. You know, and you, like anyone, you would say, well, when did it start? Normal question. And she'd been asked this before. You can be quite sure by all doctors, all psychologists, all of this. And she said, well, it started when I was a child. And then there was, there's just, she in her, in the talking, there's what I call um, like a tune, a note out of tune. There's a vibrational frequency that is, it's not really a, it's not really a note. It's not a, a sound thing. It's an energetic thing. That's just not quite right. So. She said, like a lot of patients, "Oh, when I was a child, I've had it all my life and she glosses over that. But I really pressed on the beginning and what happened in her child. Um, because I just sense, there's a sense there's something there. Well, she said, when I was a child, uh, my father was a doctor, I was seven. In the middle of the night, the soldiers came to our house and they laughed and they got us out of our beds with a group of other villagers. And they said, if you get get out of this village, grabbed all the possessions we could. I had my doll. And they said, if you turn to that path to the left, there's more soldiers who have been told to shoot anyone. If you take that path to the right to the other village, there's landmines there. Take your choice. They were laughing.
0: Wow. So the
1: family, the family took the path to the right with the landmines. And she said, as a child, all I remember is people got blown up. Um, she saw things she said to me at that point, the world of the dead was more real than the world of the living. And because she saw their energies immediately after this, you know, they'd been blown up. And of course that huge trauma. So she talked about this for the first time at age 47. And then I... I connected with her abdomen, actually, at that point, I wanted to, I could, because I'm a doctor. We're one of the few people who's actually allowed to, to touch other people or doctors still. So I, um, I, I examined her abdomen and said, um, oh, the pain's completely gone now. So this in psychology would be called catharsis, really. Just, you know, it's talking about a trauma that's been stored and it goes.
0: Pain but body. but it was
1: more interesting in a way, yeah, the, yeah, all these terms that people have for that thing, but in, in the end of the day, what made her tell me at that point? I believe it's because something in me connected with something in her, the right in the right way, I just knew you know, you just know, I heard a note out of tune, I honed in, I did the right thing, so. That, that's I think that's an interesting example, kind of Asia-specific yeah.
0: one. <laughs> it's fantastic, it's fantastic. Do you, I'm a huge believer, I went to see a show last night and although it was a beautiful spectacle and it was about uh, social injustice and all this inequality, but I couldn't match with the person's energy. I felt there was a lot of toxicity and I just couldn't. Do you ever find that that energies, they don't match with people? Now, that's not good nor bad. I, I don't judge the person, or judge me for it that sometimes they just don't marry, they just don't come together? I
1: think undoubtedly, and it's also dependent a little bit on how tired you are, how busy you are, yeah. professionally. But of course, and that's this is common sense, we're not going to resonate, it's a resonance, isn't it? And we're not mm-hmm. going to resonate with everyone in the world. Um, I just know with some patients, with some people I can really help. Um, just we are, as they say, on the same wavelength, right? And others. I mean, this is human nature. Maybe the skill is just to, you know, as you get more advanced, there's less and less people that really maybe upset you or irritate you.
0: Yeah, I, I find that, and I, and again, I'm very aware, and I, I watch my thoughts. Uh, So when I, when I, when I encounter somebody and our, our, our energies don't match, it's I, I just be aware of it. it's not good nor bad, as I say, but it's something I do pick up on, and I do play. It does play a big role in relationships.
1: Uh yeah, it does and um, there's just there's maybe a dissonance, you know. It's nice to use musical terms because because I believe in the waveforms and of light, you could think of that like sound as well. So there's resonance, there's dis and harmonizing. You know, it's I think it's a good analogy.
0: Yeah. I went to college and i done sports science and I have to be honest with you, there was Reiki healing, there was uh, alternative medicine on it. And a couple of years back, I was like, ah, that's, that makes no sense to me. Uh, I'm here to learn science. Science is hardcore. It's atoms and molecules. But but now as my years have moved on and the spirituality and the, my understanding of does more than just a physical matter. Have you experienced that with, with fellow, uh, practitioners?
1: Myself too. I mean, when I first got to Hong Kong, I was exactly like that. And, um, really didn't like a patient coming in to see me saying i just had reflexology and she says i've got a low thyroid i mean there's nothing more irritating right but um <laughs> you know <laughs> but then through experience i changed and oh it's always personal because that's really authentic and real um i because i really you know what happens to everyone else is to them it's not you know it's their business but i got my asthma healed through healing i was the radio doctor in hong kong and um there's this crazy psychic on the radio i'll never forget her because she was a real laugh i almost crashed my car laughing she was so funny and um i'm you know both on the same radio show so i met her and she said oh your your heart chakra susan's been really wounded And i never heard of chakras you know um yeah. energy centers in your body what's that yeah. and uh, i mean it is a hindu ancient hindu philosophy but hadn't heard of that one And um, it got better. And I was being nebulized at work for my asthma was it wasn't it wasn't good. So, oh, that's interesting. And then all my patients started to get better when I sent them to this craniosacral therapist. It got better, much better with her than the physios. And she was able to cure all sorts of things that I didn't know what to do with.
0: Wow, and what kind of what kind of work did she do with them? What could you give us an insight to that?
1: Well, there was um, I mean, there was sports injuries, the usual, or the sprained ankles and stuff, the back pains, the back pains that physios hadn't been able to help, for instance, um, obscure abdominal pains that we'd never really diagnosed, and somehow just helped things. So, so that was that. I thought, oh, what's this craniosacral? That's very interesting. You know, it, it's and, and that then you get started, right?
0: Yeah. What is the, what's the method? What, what kind of stuff do they do? What does it look like?
1: Well, they lie them down on a table and they, they very gently touch the, generally the head, but sometimes guess what? The sacrum with no more than two grams of pressure. Very, very yeah. light. It's very light touch. And the, the fluid circulates. And as you know, in the brain, and spinal canal about, um, it's got a rhythm of about 10 a second or something like that. It's got its own little yeah. rhythm. It, it's the fluid that bathes the whole nervous system. So actually, it's really important. seems to mm-hmm. me no one talks about it very much. I don't know why. Do you?
0: No. I, I, probably it's back to the other one. It's not tangible. It's it's a blind spot for people, you know, to just...
1: But it's it, bizarre. We're always talking about lymph, aren't we? And, and things like yeah. that. And, and blood circulation, but not crinisacral, sacral, which as I see it, couldn't, couldn't really be more important.
0: I I work in brain injury rehabilitation. and if I, if I had a euro for every time I had a patient that I was dealing with that only ever focused on the physical, if they had a stroke and they, they've lost power in the left or right, they would spend all their time worrying about the physio or going to an SLT, like speech and language therapist, because people would say to them, you sound and look great today, Johnny, and that's really important to them. But underneath the surface, like they'd have huge deficits in cognitive deficits like information process and memory executive function but once people told them they look and sound the same that was okay oh. and that's and that's what the the, the world society focuses on the, the the aesthetics
1: the outer the outer looks
0: yeah and these people will be told by the family oh you're yeah, ready to go back to college or sure you look and sound brilliant but i would know from working with them that they don't have those uh, skill sets or the capacity to go back to college because although family will tell them they look and sound the same, and, and they just focus on that till the end of their program, and then they realize, uh oh, I should have spent more time on the cognitive stuff.
1: Oh dear. Yeah, well, this is about. Area. I've been asked to write a book on uh, Alzheimer's prevention, um, and because I'm, I'm focusing from my point of view, which is actually um, light electromagnetic energy of the brain and um, how how things affect our cognition. Because mm. you know, Alzheimer's is a disease of inflammation, but of course, the brain is, as you know, you know, run on light really. So so yeah, so, yeah, so brain. Wow. What have they found to heal those brain things, this post stroke How do they heal that sort of thing, the cognitive dysfunctions?
0: Well, it was, as you know, a lot of the stuff doesn't really heal. It's it's about finding strategies and rerouting the the message. It's like sending the bus, the ops away, instead of going from A to B. You send it to D and then come back around. and Or implementing strategies that that, that they can use, whether it be memory, they use diary, if it was executive function. You just just learning and learning again and, uh, true, oh. true failure.
1: Okay. Now I didn't know that, but I guess that makes sense just to do that.
0: Yes. Yeah, what,
1: okay. What's
0: your thoughts around, uh, meditation? It's, it's huge in, in the Western world, the moment. meditation, mindfulness, mm. uh, what's your, uh, I think, it's,
1: I think it's, um, it's pretty essential for mm. most people actually to give your mind a break, you know, um, we're just thinking and thinking all the time, and that mine actually needs a break other than sleeping. Also, I think it's, I do believe in, in other energies, you know, maybe call them spiritual guides or angels or something like that. But um, I believe in that, I believe in the transpersonal, and it gives you an opportunity to talk or even, you know, the deceased, right? People who've passed away. It gives you an opportunity to maybe commune with those energies. You think? Mindfulness, of course not, because it's a different technique, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I totally believe in that. Yeah, I do. So I think it's a nice break for the wow. brain. Get out of our habitual thinking, and also it's a connection time to the transpersonal. Yeah.
0: Wow! Yeah. Fantastic. How do we, how do we move away from the prescriptive uh, implementation of like meditation, mindfulness? Uh, the light heat and energy heat all this we tend to jump on it when we have a problem you know maybe it's it's this comes from when we have a problem we go to the doctor so whenever we have a problem then we'll try meditation and we try this but i think it should be a a daily habitual thing what's your thoughts on that oh
1: my goodness i totally agree It, it has to be and i know it's hard in the beginning right but it gets easier and then you look forward to it but even 10 minutes right is is better than nothing so i don't think people should get put off by that just good to do daily as i say it's kind of um i see it as our opportunity to commune with god in a way it's because yeah. praying is talking isn't it you know in the traditional christian way to talking to god but this is maybe more listening
0: yeah yeah, yeah ab- absolutely and i'm only talking from experience and. 'Cause when I'm, you know, having a downturn in my say my my mood if I'm not feeling great, I will reach for whether it be a gratuity journal, whether it be a mindfulness practice or a meditation. And then I feel grand and I'm off skipping down the road going, Ah, that's grand, I'll just throw the meditation to the side like an old bike and I'll pick it up when I need <laughs> it. But I think it would serve me and it would serve a lot of people well if it just becomes part of our daily routine. You people
1: noticed when I first started. they said, "Oh, Dr. Jameson, you seem very calm." I mean, people f- perceive me as being really calm, which is quite bizarre because I don't feel like that. But th- I seem to radiate it. So it must be something <laughs>
0: uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sensing that from you Susan it's, it's uh, probably it's the way that you talk you, you you speak really slowly and it's clear and it's not it's not rushed so every thats So people as again, people pick up on things, you know.
1: Maybe that's it, but I, I recommend, like you, everyone to um, just try meditation. And guided meditations, I think, are, are great. That's easy I to start that. with, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I love guided stuff.
1: Yeah. And just to, to get us out and just do something a bit different. So, so yeah, I'm thinking, have another for you. Do you want to tell the medical story?
0: Oh, 100%. I love them.
1: Yeah, okay, this one's quite good. Okay, so because it's, it's so relatable. So I'm in my office, it's 5.30 at night, I'm really tired. It's like the graveyard for me, graveyard <laughs> shift. And you just think, oh, you know, I'm the worst type of patient comes in in my books. He's this like middle-aged man, professional engineer type who thinks I can feel the energies right because it's my skill set so I can feel it who thinks he's so scientific and that I'm maybe some witch doctor, you know, in the corner and, um, but he's desperate. So he's come to me as a last resort in capital letters and I'm feeling it. And I, I, I kind of felt sadness about him too, but I was so busy, um, being judgmental about him that I kind of missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so busy. Was having so my other- um, but the funny thing was, um, I was so tired, I didn't have my normal defense mechanisms, and, um, which is really important in a story because I dropped all that personality baggage quite quickly. I said, what's wrong with you then? And um, he said, well, um, I have this terrible headache. I won't go away, I can't sleep, I can't work anymore. It's been there for two years, every day, every night. I've seen every neurologist have brain scans, blah, blah, blah. As I said, I'm a last resort. So um, I'm just thinking, oh my God, this would happen at 5.30 on a Friday night. And, um, and um, fantasizing about having a drink. And I asked the this question, which he had been asked before. I said, well, when did it start? It started the day my daughter got killed in a car crash.
0: Sweet Jesus.
1: I do, I do a lot of this work, actually. When I, I started to write down these stories, I realized how much trauma work I do. And in that moment, I dropped my uh, judgment's personality baggage, worry about myself, basically. And my heart opened in compassion. And I really, I have an idea what I mean by heart opening. I'll be able to talk about that in a minute. But, um, and I went out again, I went up to him. I do like to make contact sometimes. And I touched his forehead under the pretext of examining it, which is, as you know, a bit unnecessary in these circumstances. But I left my hand there for as long as I could, which was about 10 seconds. And um and I really didn't do anything with intent, with thought. But when I did it, my heart was open, really open in compassion. And um, he looked at me in surprise, and he said, "My headache's gone." He said, "That's the first time in two years." And I went back to my seat. I said, "Well, that's good. Come back to me if it comes back again." I mean, what do you say, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> well good <laughs> so um, well he didn't come back again Let, let's just hope you know he didn't come back um, yeah. and, and I think it's just an amazing example of the power of compassion actually
0: what's something that jumped out at me there just as you were talking I was just thinking has he in the last year years since the passing of his daughter has he been genuinely hugged touched or has he allowed anyone to hug or touch him like the power of human connection is very good point
1: uh, I don't know. I really don't know. But that's a very pro- possibly not. Very good point. Um, or else you just huge, have magical huge,
0: hands. Magic,
1: magic. Huge wall <laughs> of grief. Wall of grief, right? But you no, know, no, I have my own theories about this because I believe, of course, in the energies of, of the light energies of two human beings. There is uh, an interference pattern. There's an interaction. There's a quantum reaction and everything changes, in the quantum world, tiny changes can, um, you know, move mountains, that's the quantum world, it's not classical physics, tiny changes, enough for one of my thoughts, to, you know, you know thoughts are gamma waves aren't they, something, that the EEG measures them, They're well, different frequencies of light anyway, uh, gamma, beta, theta waves, different frequencies, what, 4 hertz to 40 hertz and um just the right frequency maybe touched one of his thoughts and something was stimulated right you can go more i mean i do talk about holographic theory as well because the merging of two light fields is going to create a standing wave and hologram in classical physics so you could talk about holographic reality and Change, and, and that also creates change because suddenly there's my hologram, there's me, my energy field, his energy field. Then there's this third entity that's the hologram, right? It's a mixture of yeah. both of us. I think that's a really interesting concept. Wow,
0: that is a really that's fascinating. Actually, you were <laughs> going to say something a second ago about love and kindness. Was that something you were going to mention?
1: Yeah. Well, it was more about that. That um, somehow I, I mean, the, I think compassion has a huge power. Because it's like, um, it's so authentic and it's almost hardwired into our DNA. Like um, to have compassion means being within pain. It's, it's a really natural human attribute that we don't talk about much and the importance of it. But I think it's natural to all of us. It's powerful and that which makes the connection between the two energy fields, kind of like a frequency maybe, right? A frequency, that is very specific because mm. our emotions are energy, right? Emotion, 100%. energy, and motion.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And we feel uh, that, don't we? We feel miserable people, depressed people, angry people. We always feel that.
0: Oh, 100%. I, I, I only got a realization this year, or maybe start of la- sorry, last year, 2018, when I, I started practicing love and kindness and compassion meditation and actually feeling that love from, you know, when you think of a family member loving you, and it was only then... When I started practicing that, that I could really, really honestly say that I was empathetical. I think sometimes it was just lip service. I'd say the right thing and do the right thing. But now I actually feel it and I feel compassionate for somebody else because I have allowed that to myself.
1: Wow. And, and do you ever find you get compassion burnout, as they call it?
0: Do, do I ever? Oh, Absolutely. Okay. Uh And I would have pretended I would have brushed that under the carpet like a lot of Irish people do, and I'd have pretended, oh, it's all okay. But now I'm I'm very aware of it and I give myself uh, an easier time about it, I would have felt like I was being fraud and said, Oh, you need to be compassionate all the time. But now I do I do get it, you know. Uh, you know, you know, vicarious trauma because I work in trauma. I used to say, No, no, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect me. But it does. I know it does.
1: Is vicarious trauma a term? I've never heard that before.
0: Yeah, the, it's, it's a term, you know, it's band around in healthcare workers, you know, that work with, with trauma, whether it be in rehabilitation or anything kind of emotional that would, would impact on you. Yeah, it's this trauma that you don't notice, you know, uh, and it builds up and builds up. Is that something you've not been familiar with?
1: Well, I, I was talking at a conference in London, the Wounded Healer Conference, and there's a practitioner healthcare program. They've got two thousand doctors in the London area that only treat other doctors, just doctors, right? For trauma, right. depression, alcoholism, drug addiction, of course, psych, you know, but trauma as well. And um, I think it's a big thing now: resilience, resilience. When you see sick people all day long, how not to let that affect you?
0: Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Do you know that in America I don't know what the study is called? I'll find and I'll send it on to you, but maybe four hundred practitioners a year die by suicide.
1: Right. Uh yeah, for all the usual reasons, but
0: um yeah. burnout, you know, uh and not not going to it got not going to another doctor and say, Do you know what I need help?
1: Well this is exactly why they're setting this up and um, it was a great conference. It was really excellent, excellent, and it's a really good idea because they have specific problems, a can steal drugs, and and b by the nature of their jobs they're quite isolated and they don't want you know they don't want to admit it because they're supposed to be advising other people.
0: Yeah, like and people come to you for the answers, and then if you go into another doctor, they they would you would perceive you would think assume that they would see you as incompetent, and you know then there's the whole litigation. There's just
1: but, well, that's right. I mean, you might not Human be able to lost practice. In it. Yeah. Well, I mean, an alcoholic or drug addicted normal person will just go and get treatment, Um, but a doctor might be deemed unfit to practice and therefore, right, lose the livelihood, the mortgage, lose everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's going to make them
1: less likely to, to admit to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely so how do we what's the easiest way to go about introducing whether it be light therapy energy healing consciousness into our life what's the most simple simplistic, simplistic oh, practice that we can start
1: when you said meditation i mean you know it's been around for thousands of years for a reason it's simple it's free anyone can do it there's apps up the wazoo nowadays so that's all good isn't it um i like what you said about the compassion meditation i, I teach a heart meditation that's I mean, I just call it a heart meditation, the the energies of heart, which are compassion, unconditional love, peace, and something else. I always forget the fourth one. Forgiveness? Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, you're focusing on those things and giving it to ourselves, actually. It's all very well thinking about other people, but give it to yourself, too, because give it to yourself of your body, right? Why not? Um, 100% because
0: so I've done some things in the past and I used to really give myself a hard time over but when I started practicing forgiveness actually saying, you know what, you had difficulties yourself and that's probably the reason you done it I didn't say it was the reason or maybe it contributed to it and then I said, you know what you're not the worst in the world and now I can actually forgive people a little bit easier
1: <laughs> Can I ask you something um, I'm very sensitive to because I'm very into light and I actually did you know study studies done showing that if you think about white light, your brain actually emits more photons of light? I mean it's quite incredible. But yeah. I'm very sensitive to, to light because I really think about light a lot. Um, did you notice um not yesterday but the day before, 48 hours ago? 48 hours ago was very stressful. Did you feel that in your part of the world?
0: Uh what exactly. day before
1: you? Well, um, Yeah, I guess that's Friday, Friday.
0: No, Friday was okay.
1: Why do you (laughs) ask that question? Only because I believe we're very sensitive people to this. I mean, not everyone's the same. Very susceptible to solar flares and solar emissions. Coronal emissions from the sun. They come to Earth. The Earth's atmosphere glancing blows. And there's a feeling of being frazzled and fried, being fried electromagnetically. Wow. and not that was the worst day ever I have noticed but in my part of the world and I'm in Asia right so it's gonna hit the earth you know it's glancing off earth so some areas will get affected more than others but solar emissions do affect us they knock out our electricity grids they affect satellites astronauts I mean the, the um, pilots I mean they are an environmental hazard
0: yeah, but it's easier just to blame the neighbor next door for parking a car in front of your driveway <laughs> or kicking your dog.
1: Anyway. Yeah. What? Oh, well, I, I'm with you there. That's what I was. Yeah, it should be some, one of my staff's fault. Yeah. But oh. you get totally frazzled and very irritable, or incompetent or exhausted. All those things that are not normal for you. Um, and, and so I get NASA reports. But what's interesting is I actually feel it before it hits the earth. So, I do get the NASA reports of, of these solar storms and everything Wow it's you're like a
0: superhero you're like a superhero. Do you wear a cape
1: no, i'm not superhero to myself maybe
0: <laughs> come here uh, what's your thoughts around you know like the 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 lights that's used for you know the sad the season the tribute disorder you know the yeah. the the, the, the lamb oh, boy
1: that's really great well, they save people's lives. Oh my goodness, people in Br- Scandinavians, especially, you know, high altitudes, people in Britain, uh, Scandinavians, I mean, they have a huge level of not only depression, but alcoholism in Scandinavia because they just drink all winter. And mm. um, they really save people that seasonal affective disorder. Do you know what? I think this is wonderful. Uh, They've just discovered, you must know this, um, mm. intrinsic IP retinal ganglion cells. So there's new cells just being discovered in anatomy in the back of our eye the rods and the cones right that see rods white and black and the cones the colors and this is a third type that are totally uh, regulating your circadian rhythm and also your emotions right so this is this is what i think people are missing with the with the long winters basically um because there's so many pathways from the light going in our eyes there's basically four pathways to like the limbic system the amygdala and all the emotional centers of the brain. There's four separate pathways, and then there's these new ganglial cells in the retina that have just been found that are a huge part of this regulation. I think it's really amazing. They just found new cells.
0: I was only talking to a, uh, a professor today, Timothy Lynch. she's a part of the Dublin Neurological Institution, and we talked about uh, training ganglia. You know, for for you know, and we we talked about sports. But as you think slow and think fast and it's all around this whole ganglia uh, adaptation was quite interesting.
1: Really? What do you mean that I can see things more quickly or something?
0: You know, you know, the way of a footballer has been out injured Mm. and he come back then and he was, you know, people will talk about it's getting the muscles and the physiology back up to scratch. But he was actually saying, uh, if you go back into the, the neurology of it, it's it's the ganglia and that adaptation of getting that firing again, where it sports people and people will just think it's muscular and it's physiology.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I see what you mean. The ganglia in the neuromuscular junction or something. Is that what it is?
0: That Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Rather, was talking but people-
1: about the ganglia in the eye. I was talking about the eye cells in the retina. But. Mm. No, I, I would imagine that to be true. Yes, it's um, it's the firing of them. It's the electromagnetic um, yeah. regulation.
0: Yeah, but again, it's something that we can't see, and it's not tangible in people. So yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it?
1: Well, I love I love the fact that I mean it's been proven now that light has four four different paths our brain emotional centers so not all light is involved in visual things right it goes in the eyes through the optic nerve and then other ways into the amygdala the hippocampus um, midbrain different places so of course it affects our emotion and then colors being a frequency of light will also do that right and we know that from art people say they get transported by art They, they feel you know red raises your blood pressure blue calms it
0: yeah, absolutely fascinating to me. I'm really, mind- <laughs> I'm really mindful that I've took up a lot of your time. Plus the fact I was late and I got the whole time Don't thing. Worry. Totally
1: I pro- everyone does that with me. It's just like, get, you get it the wrong way around. I, and yeah. I've, I've been here for years and I do it.
0: Yeah. I'm really sorry. What's the one thing you would like people to take away from this interview after listening to us having the chats?
1: I think that be open-minded about the fact that we have gone so Life with our wonderful chemistry and our biology, and knowing all these physical things about the body and our modern medicines, fabulous. It's time to look at the body in a quantum level, right? And Newtonian physics is great and it's still real, apples drop. But let's look at the body in a more subtle quantum level. And that's my world of light and energy.
0: You just radiate energy and light and positivity. I love it. I'm really delighted I got the opportunity to speak with you.
1: Oh, I switched that on. Okay, then. That's
0: good. Excellent. <laughs> Dr. Susan Jamison, thanks very much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Nice to talk to you, man. Bye, then.
0: Thanks a lot, Susan. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Okay, so there wraps up another tremendous interview. As always, I'd like to thank my supports, Noel Reilly from Rooney Media. Niall has been in the graphic design business the last 20 years and producing quality work. For the last couple of years, they've been the chief graphic design for the college prospectus at UCD. Um, I've been using his services the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, producing posters for health and fitness stuff. And always, always produces quality work. So check those guys out. Also, my old pal, Caroline Harvey from ISA Nutrition. For anybody interested in dropping body fat, gaining muscle, maintaining a healthy body weight, getting rid of some nutritional ailments, she's your woman. If you're also interested in competing bodybuilding competition, male or female, I would recommend her. I am currently working with Carlin Harvey and the success has been phenomenal. I have done a review already and I plan to do more. But if nutrition and strength addition, that area is something that you'd like to get coaching or advice on, I would check it out. And the prices are really, really good. Really good. Better than a lot that's out there. So I recommend you check her out. Also, Miel crew, Kevin Doyle, sound editing and just producing and just support. Absolutely legend, Kevin. And Miel mate, Aaron Kyo, social media. Lads, are brilliant. The team uh, would be lost without you. Okay, so that just leads me to thank my listeners, thanks a lot for listening. I will urge you, please, please, please share this with family and friends. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the kind of podcasts, mediums that are out there. We're, we're on them right the way across. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, so check us out on that. Please go on to iTunes, please subscribe, please leave a delicious review. We love it, absolutely love it. So that's all the plugging I'm going to do for this podcast. As always, I will say to you, please show yourself compassion. Please spend some time with love and kindness in your life. Because if you are kind and loving to yourself, you will project that to the rest of the world. And if we all could do that a small percentage of our day, the place would be a nice, nice place to live. Right, wherever you are in the world, mind yourself. Have a great day. Bye bye.